ladies and gentlemen, we're just moments away. That's the biggest night in the history of this great organization. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Hey, yo. Smart marks. What's a smart mark? A mark with a high IQ. Back in town, and we ain't in town to mess around. To be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, whoo, right here, I'm the man. That's hard time. Yeah. And what they're gonna do when Hulkamania in the largest part of the world runs wild on you? Rest in peace. You just made the list! It's heating up here! There's a slop drop! I'm the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're the man, what the rock is cooking! Two, a slot drop. Wrestling community, welcome back to the slot drop. I'm Nathan Rogers at Whoopig Sumo on Twitter, joined by the co-host David McBee. Well, tonight the loose cannon is going to be a fantastic show because we got a lot to talk about. It was a huge weekend in the world of professional wrestling with WrestleMania. It was a huge weekend. There was so much wrestling going on. I'm still watching wrestling from last week. There's no way I could cram all of it together, so I'm spacing it out. Well, last last, uh, weekend was, I mean, you had everything from NXT to WrestleMania to the Hall of Fame, and every single one of them had something crazy happening at it, and can't wait to talk about it tonight. Absolutely. I watched all those. I wasn't able to watch some of the other cards that were in town, but I'll get around to them. Uh, TakeOver, man. NXT TakeOver is by far my favorite event that, the, that they've got going on right now. They just know how to do a show. They had five title matches, and they were all amazing, and it was all wrapped up in like two hours. Triple H has the formula fixed, uh, figured out, and I think Vince needs to learn some pointers from him. Well, man, I got to tell you, the NXT show, I'm just going to say, that was the show to watch this weekend. I was actually just completely blown away. Of course, it's a completely different style than what we saw in WrestleMania, but, man, what an incredible show it was. Absolutely. War Raiders retained tag t- titles over Aleister Black and Ricochet. Shayna Baszler retains. Velveteen Dream retains over Matt Riddle. Walter becomes a new UK champ over Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne has held that title forever, it seems like. And uh, I know, uh, like in Japan, you hear about the strong style. You got uh, my T-shirt, cheap plug, sumo strong style. You got to see some British strong style during that match, and it it was excellent. And then, of course, Johnny Gargano becomes the new NXT champion over Adam Cole, almost said Michael Cole, over Adam Cole of the Undisputed Era. Uh, huge Undisputed Era fan. I, I kind of noticed that they teased a little breakup at the end. I hope that's not what they do, man. I hope they stick keep that unit together and bring them up to the main roster. 
Well, man, every single one of these matches was great. Like you mentioned, the uh, tag team title match with uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black versus the War Raiders. Good old-fashioned tag team uh, philosophy that was used in that match and strategy. And, you know, I think everyone in the building thought Ricochet and Aleister Black, uh, you know, were probably going to win. But, you know, of course, we know they're going to, to the main roster. So it was kind of a passing of the torch. But what a way to pass the torch and what a way to get the crowds uh, fired up. And, of course, the crowd at the end chanting, you deserve it. Both uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black definitely did deserve that. Amazing matchup. Uh, on to the Hall of Fame. I, I don't want to sound corny, but I really do enjoy hearing the stories from these guys going to the – and gals into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I like the speeches. I like the stories, talking about stuff that happened, in, you know, back in the heyday. I don't like it when they go too long. Well, obviously what I didn't like was this knucklehead that attacked Bret Hart. And, um, you know, I, I think he got what he deserved. Once you cross that barrier, you're taking the risk of somebody maybe hitting you back. And that's exactly what happened. I've seen a lot of a lot of people say that they thought that was uncalled for and that WWE would probably get sued. But, hey, you know what? That dude jumped over there. Who knows what his intentions were? You know, we've seen it in tennis where fans have – uh, jumped on the court and stabbed a tennis player and all these other incidences. I think the guy got a not only what he reserve, deserved, but that's just a receipt from saying, hey, this is what, you know, you, you jumped in here, you're going to get tagged. That's your receipt for doing what you did. Well, the Hall of Fame, that was that was quite a show. I, I got to admit, uh, you know, it was interesting seeing the honky-talk man come out. Uh, and then, you know, after that you had uh, Tori Wilson who – Honestly, I still feel that was undeserved, but I mean, she gave a fantastic speech sure, she did. in a very tough situation. I know her father just passed away. She held it together. Great speech, but you know, and, and I'm not trying to pick on her. It's just her wrestling career. You can't really think of a moment that she did that warranted it, but fantastic speech that she did. Of course, the Bret Hart thing, um, even before that happened, it was kind of a painful you know, you could tell Hart was kind of struggling up yeah. there, uh, just 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 talking, and then to be attacked like that. But he came back; he he finished solid. But what an idiot! I mean, to me, he that idiot crossed the line. He deserved everything he got and more. Honestly, he uh, you know the big show and Braun Strowman got over at the end. I wish they could have got hey, over earlier and really beat yeah, the crap that, out the of him. One of the first one in the ring was Travis Brown, Ronda Rousey's husband. You don't want to jack with that dude. I can assure you, he's not a. He's a bad dude, and uh, kudos to, to all those that jumped up and was trying to protect Brad Hitman. He's he's 61 years old. He's battled cancer, and he's had strokes. Uh, that was just an ugly, ugly moment, and that idiot's getting way more attention than he deserves, the person that done it. so. Uh, but kudos to you know Travis Brown and everybody else that jumped and did exactly what I would have done, or what I say well, I would have done. He Slater was ready to lay the smack down. I, when he Slater got in the ring and he was sitting there, you know, he had his fists all cocked, ready to go. He looked just like Conor McGregor. <laughs> I, I, I kid you not. When I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, he, he's like the spitting image of Conor McGregor in the ring. The one-man band was ready to play some music on somebody. Yeah, well, hey, he's got kids. He's got so. kids. But, uh, hey, you know, Tori, Tori Wilson, I, I, too, was like, I didn't think she was deserving, but I did. She did have a bad week, and I felt a lot better after her speech about, eh, you know, we can 
I just felt better after after her speech. She did a fine job. Yeah, I, I thought she did good. I just, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to pick on her. Her career to me didn't warrant it, but as a person and with all the great things she's done, you know, I, you know, I, I was, I was, the speech that she did was just fantastic. Yeah, and I think one one thing that hurt the whole thing was instead of one person at the end, you had a whole group, and then the rest of the people. They were pretty, other than the Heart Foundation, the Heart on Heat, but Honk, uh, Brutus was a little weak. Tori, you know, you combine all those elements and it kind of gives a, a, not as a strong class as it normally was, but I was okay with it. Uh, well, hey, well, you're talking about what ruined the show. Brutus the freaking barber beefcake, when he got up there, that was a popcorn fart. Had the weakest <laughs> pop of the night. To me, he got it because he's friends. He's hung on hulk hogan's coattails for years and years undeserving i know he was a part of great moments like when Shawn michaels put marty Jannetty's <laughs> head through the barbershop window but what was he doing he didn't do anything to me the whole time he was up there i kept thinking trying to think how many brutus the barber beefcake names can i say all right there's the zodiac yes no yes no there's the disciple there's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. There's Brother Brutai. There's the Booty Man. I was trying to see how many of those I could name. I got to admit, I was shocked. The use of the name Brother by Hulk Hogan. He only had two brothers. Brother. I lost count. I, I, I don't know how many brothers he went, but Brutus made up for it because he, he threw a lot of brothers in there too. But uh, on to the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. Well, hey, wait, real quick before we jump in there. I do have to say DX... That was awesome seeing China being recognized. I thought she yes. she really deserved it. The crowd was really into it, and they didn't miss a beat, man. They were freaking hilarious. It was a very fun performance that they put together. We're just playing off each other. It was like it was nineteen ninety nine again, and they were in their prime. I really enjoyed it, and I really loved it. The uh, the all in shot that Triple H yes. taking some shots at AEW. I I liked that. I liked. Uh... You know, Billy Gunn making the comment, hey, he can't fire me. And then Triple H makes the comment, he'll buy that pissant company just to fire you. And uh, there was a few AEW chants from the crowd. I don't know what Vince thought about that. Probably didn't uh, appreciate it. But w when you do stuff like that, expect those chants to, to come about. But, yeah, I liked it. I thought X-Pac did great, too. He made a very good point about, uh, you know, we've been critical about the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. The women have one, too. Should we name it after China? Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I know a lot of other people will. That's actually one of our polls and surveys we'll get to later. But well, hey, if they're going to name it out of China, though, at least make it a decent battle royal. Don't put people from Saturday Night Live in there and turn it into a popcorn fart. Right. Uh, on to the big show, Tony Nese becomes the new Cruiserweight champion over Buddy Murphy, which I thought was a great match. Carmella wins the women's battle royal. Uh, you know, it come down to was uh, from the Riot Squad. Uh, she appeared to be the last one in the ring, and I would have been cool with that. I think she's uh, she's married to one of the War Raiders, and they've got this Viking thing going on. But she's strong. She's been around a while. You can you can look her up. She's talented, and I thought, oh, that's an inter interesting direction. I'm cool with her winning. I wanted Oscar to win, but. When that uh, when she came down to Sarah in the ring, I thought well, that's an interesting swerve. I, I'd be interested to see where this goes. And then freaking Carmella comes out, eliminates her, and Carmella wins the 
the women's battle royal, and I think the only other person that was excited about that was Corey Graves. Congratulations, Carmella! Well, I gotta admit, when when she threw when she threw uh, Sarah Logan out, the first thing I was looking for is what is Corey Graves gonna say? Watching his reaction, there's actually if you watch the show again. You know, she's uh, celebrating, and you can kind of see they got a picture, a shot of him in the background. It was hilarious because I, I just kept thinking back to your uh, <laughs> your uh, post that went viral, the little video. Uh, Corey Graves, uh, he looked like a very happy man. I'm sure he was. Didn't we see Ryder and Hawkins over the revival for the tag team titles, the Raw tag team titles? I figured that was what was going to happen, and it did, and – you know, as much as I do like the revival and uh, Scott uh, Dash Wilder for tagging that dude the other night that attacked Bret Hart, it's it's pretty exciting that Ryder and Hawkins are finally getting a little bit of what they deserve. I I was it was cool to see them finally win a match. Uh, it, you know, it's awesome to see someone who didn't mind laying down two hundred and sixty nine times in a row finally getting a little bit of a push. But to me, the revival man—they—they they were the, this whole run of them as champs. What was their record like? One and nine. It's like they got buried every single week. To me, the the way that they're using them, I I don't have a problem with how this match went out. But the weeks leading up to it, they made them look so weak where it almost devalued the victory that they got over the revival. Right. Uh, Braun Strowman wins the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. These battle royals, they got they need to mean something other than just getting people on the show. Uh, give them again. I'm going to go back from a few weeks ago. Whoever wins should get an immediate bid in the Money in the Bank match, which is the next pay per view. You've already got one person you can start. You know, there's a storyline right there. Hey, they won this battle royal. They're an entry into the Money in the Bank. Well, now you got you know four other people to throw in there, but at least you got one took care of, and it gives these battle royals some merit. Gives them a reason for them to be on the card, not just a filler. Yeah, to me, the, it's almost painful to watch the Battle Royals. It's like they're trying to get every single guy they can on the roster payday, which I don't have a problem with that. But to me, you know, the first year when they had that event, and uh, I think it was Cesaro won, you know, it's like, oh, this is cool. A lot of excitement with it. Now it's kind of almost become passe. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Hogan actually kicked the show off. And the first match, actual singles match of the card, actual card, uh, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. That was an interesting way to start off the, the show. Of course. Uh, well, I think Brock, you could say, uh, welcome to the UFC, Brock, because I think uh, I think he's I think he's getting ready to go face Daniel Cormier. So. Yeah, they've got a target date for August. That's nothing's been signed yet. That will be a in my opinion, a very interesting match. Um, I know a lot of people think Cormier will just come in and slaughter him. I don't think it's going to be that easy, guys. But, uh, again, to start off WrestleMania, <clears throat> and Bully Ray tweeted, if you ain't last, you want to be first. Brilliant. And that's a that's a good way for a lot of reasons, especially this card, because it lasted forever. At least the crowd was still hyped and fresh. You start off the show with a bang. You set the bar. Boom, you're done. And then, like you said, Lesnar gets on the plane and goes to Vegas to try and finalize a fight in the UFC. Yeah, and, and the match, I mean, it was a, quite a way to start off the show. 
to me, the the finish, though, I, I mean, you know, Lesnar's just destroyed so many guys. And then, I mean, they kind of made him look weak on it. And I know they were putting Rollins over as a Superman, but, I mean, to me, it wasn't believable. Are they really getting a scrap? Brock Lesnar will destroy Seth Rollins. Yeah, for sure. Then we have one of the batches, uh, best matches of the night, AJ Styles over Randy Orton, which uh, I predicted AJ would win. But uh, just a great match. Even though a lot of these matches were cut short, I thought it was a pretty good match. Those are two for, for sure future Hall of Famers, and we get to talk to one of them's father this weekend, who's also a WWE Hall of Famer. We'll get more into that later in the show. Almost did, did it seem to me like it was a little anticlimactic though the finish it, it's kind of like you know the finish just came really quick and it, it's like the crowd didn't really know how to react to it yeah well there's so many matches on the card they had to you know keep them short and uh some of them I think ended too soon some of them went, went a little too far but I, I would have liked to see an AJ and Randy go just a little bit longer. Yeah, I definitely would have liked to seen them have a longer match. Usos retain their SmackDown titles at WrestleMania. Shane over the Miz. We got to see Mr. Miz get up in the ring and put his Dukes up. And uh, it, it went about how I thought it was going to go. I really thought Miz was going to win, to be honest with you. I was wrong about that. But I knew we'd see some sort of high bump from Shane, and uh, Shane gets the win. Well, hey, Shane with his, uh, you know, he's going to do one big bump every single uh, WrestleMania match. Of course, that was a great move that w- that kind of finished the show. But, um, you know, to me, I thought that was one of the best matches of the night. I mean, it felt intense. You're like, what are they going to do? The crowd was really into it. Um, to me, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was one of the better matches of WrestleMania. It wasn't like an NXT match. It wasn't like Gargano and some of those incredible matches that NXT put on, but I thought it was one of the best of WrestleMania. For sure. I'm, I'm always entertained by Shane. And I'll I tell you why. He's, he's actually one of the most hardcore guys there is. And people might laugh at that. But listen, Shane does not have to be out there doing that. He does not. He's got the money. He, he helps run the company. He doesn't have to be falling off stages or doing flips or going through tables, any of that. He's out there doing it because he can contribute and he likes to do it. So, you know, some guys don't have a choice. They have to do stuff like that, and, and they're hurt all the time, and then they don't like – Shane don't have to do it. He does it because he wants to. Uh, and a surprise to me, uh, the Iconics win the women's tag titles. I was a little shocked by that. Well, when Brett came out with Natalia, I was like, oh, they're setting it up. Brett, uh, Natalia is going to win, you know, in honor of her dad or something like that. But uh, the Iconics kind of pulling it out of nowhere. Pretty good pop from the crowd when they won, too. I don't think anyone really expected it. Uh, overall, thought it was a great match. To me, though, I wish it would have been just two teams against each other. Yeah. The Fatal 4-Way just completely overdone with all these Fatal 4-Ways. Yeah, well, you know, we've been talking about that for months now. It's just they're trying to throw so many people in, in a match just to get them out there. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess what surprised me the most is I really thought if anybody would have won, it would have been Tamina and Nia, but uh, really – 
I didn't think they was going to take the belts off of them that quick because the belts are new. I figured they'd let them, you know, resonate for a while before you start switching hands. But that was probably the biggest surprise. Uh, Kofi over Daniel Bryan. I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. And uh, kudos to Kofi. You know, he's 11 years. He finally gets his big break, and he got it done at WrestleMania, which is even cooler. Oh, what a great match it was. The crowd, I, I mean, it, it was funny because, you know, back at WrestleMania 30, that was Daniel Bryan in that underdog role. To see, to me, that's props to Daniel Bryan that he went from being the biggest face of the company to now probably the biggest heel of the company. Uh, the crowd was all behind Kofi, and great to see him get that victory. Well-deserved. Yeah, and I know this is a historic moment for Kofi becoming the champion, but I don't want Daniel Bryan's role in that to get lost in history because he could have said no or he could have not cooperated, but he went along with it, and he's the guy that made that happen. Uh, Samoa Joe retains the U.S. title over Rey Mysterio in like a minute. Of course, we knew Mysterio had an ankle injury, but also Joe needed to get that dominating force that we're, we know him as too, so – you know, it's a good way to, to get that done on WrestleMania and go over on a legend like Ray. Well, when you ta- when you make a uh, uh, w- future WWE Hall of Famer lose in a minute at WrestleMania, you know, yeah, I think that builds him up as an unstoppable beast. Uh, I'm really interested to see. I, I still think down the road I-, I can see a clash between Cena and Joe possibly. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we've talked about that. Why not? We need to. They, There's a history there. I'm sure most of our listeners know that they started out together. They came up together. So why not make a story of it, you know? Uh, Roman Reigns over Drew McIntyre. And then speaking of Cena, we see Cena. The doc is in the house. The doctor of thugonomics, John Cena, old school John Cena, comes out and has a bit with Elias. And uh, does his little rap, you know, like he used to. And, of course, we knew there was going to – well, we had like 16 matches, but we kept hearing 17. I guess we could count this as our 17th match. And uh, I don't know if there was a pinfall. I don't remember if there was a ref involved. I just remember uh, Cena came out, did his thugonomics thing, and probably FU'd uh, Elias a couple times. Well, hey, I, I was I was glad to see Elias at least having someone – you know, interaction with these uh, big stars. I'd like to see Elias get more of a push. The crowd is really enjoys when Elias comes out. Uh, you know, John Cena will be interesting to see how long uh, this uh, Doctor of Thugonomics character lasts. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be just a special thing, once in a while thing. Uh, it may be a while before we see it again. Maybe not till SummerSlam. You know, he's kind of got the uh, the Rock and. Undertaker type schedule now where he can kind of come and go as he pleases. You know, Brock Lesnar gets a lot of heat for that, but apparently it's okay for all these other guys. Uh, well, hey, Cena was giving the Rock crap for years yeah, over yeah. that. And and now it's funny. Now Cena is actually doing exactly what the Rock was doing. He's eating that crow. I'm going to get all fist deep in some rugs. Yep. Uh, Triple H and Batista. I don't know if anybody caught it, but Batista uh, <laughs> fell trying to get into the ring. You know, I could stoop to John Lena, John Cena's low level. Uh, 
that was an interesting match. It was the longest match of the night. Uh, it was okay. I thought it could have been much better. There were some cool spots where he took some pliers and pulled out his nose ring and did some other things. But, you know, if you're going to have a a no, no DQ, hardcore, or no holds bar type match, I know WWE is anti-blood, but you got to have – there's got to be somebody busted open. Something – You're when you get hit with chains and sledgehammers, you expect blood. So – even though they're anti-blood, I felt that was one thing that was missing from this match. Uh, with that, uh, Batista officially retired the next day. So, uh, uh, Well, hey, I thought Batista still put together a good match considering he hadn't wrestled in so long. Oh, but, for uh, sure, yeah. To me, though, it was, it was almost though it was kind of uh, – it was just such a long show. I'll be honest. I fell asleep during that match. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had to wake up. I had to wake up the next day and finish Wrestle WrestleMania because just it was just such a long show. That's the thing. Uh, a lot of fans are not happy that went there that were in attendance. Really wasn't happy. Yet. It messed with the New Jersey Transit because it went so late. They had to send their workers home because they have like a no mandatory overtime type thing. So it really screwed things up. And, you know, there were fans that were tweeting out. They had these bright lights shining them in the face, and they couldn't see the ring or the matches. And some got stuck behind these big props or uh, big whatever they were, and they couldn't see the ring either. So, uh, and again, it's just too long. It's just way too long. Uh, eight hours, that's that's too much. Well, look at the formula that NXT is doing. NXT blew away. Uh, it it just absolutely blew away WrestleMania. To me, NXT has it. That's that's what the fans are looking for. That you know, keep it three hours. You don't need to go freaking seven hours. Right. Uh, Corbin over Angle. We predicted that was going to happen, and it needed to happen. If if you wasn't going to give Kurt John Cena or Undertaker anybody like that, it really did need to be Corbin just to continue to feed his heel status. And elevate him even more as a heel, uh, and, and you know how it is. Mo- most people go out; they go out on their back, staring at the lights, and that's what happened. So Corbin over Angle, the Demon Finn Balor wins against Bobby Lashley, and then uh, the main event. By the time we got to the main event, like we're talking eight hours into this thing, people were tired; they were burnt out. I think, I think it would have helped the main event if the crowd would have been fresh and on their feet, and more excited. But they were dead tired, man. And, uh, you know, Becky Lynch wins, which everybody assumed that's what was going to happen. But uh, there's some controversy. There there could have been a botched ending, and Ronda supposedly has a broken hand. I read she's not happy, and she's not going to be back for a while, regardless because of her injured hand. But, um, you know, if it was a botch, then it leaves the door open for a story there for next year. Well, I had actually read that the uh, ref possibly had gotten fined because it was a botched ending. To me, yeah, the finish came out of nowhere, and it was obvious to everyone watching the show, you know, her shoulders weren't down. Her shoulder was not down, and uh, I don't know, was it the Montreal Screwjob Part 2? Yeah, and again, they've left the door open. If they if they want to do something in the future, all Rhonda's got to do is say, number one, my freaking shoulders wasn't down. I, I didn't lose. I want a rematch. Boom. There you go. Instant story. 
<clears throat> on Raw, Seth Rollins and Kofi kicks off the show and uh, set up a match for later in the night, a title versus title, which uh, when this was first announced, I was watching you know people's reaction on Twitter, and they were pissed. They were like, dang you, Vince, we, we finally got these guys as champs, and now you're going to do something, and one of them's going to get it taken away, or they're both going to get it taken away. But toward the end of the night, it's like the crowd wanted that after what happened. But uh, anyway, they, they set a match up for later, and then Ryder and Hawkins over the revival again. Uh, Baron Corbin comes out, talks about his match with Kurt Angle. Uh, then Angle comes out himself and uh, said, I wish you the best of luck. And he said, bad luck. And then he gives uh, Corbin the ankle slam and then puts him in the ankle lock. And uh, after that happened, Lars Sullivan, a.k.a. Snitsky 2.0, makes his debut and attacks Angle and then uh, gives him the old headbutt off the top rope. Well, I love the uh, the comparison that you did when we were talking earlier about uh, Lars. You know, it seems like they're, they're trying to go back to that Psycho Sid uh, character, you know, that they've tried with Schnitzky and, and a few other characters. And uh, Lars, though, I just wonder how, how long is he going to be able to keep it together uh, you know, he had a meltdown a few months back. So, you know, I got to wonder, you know, is he here to stay or is he going to be a flash? Yeah, I think, you know, I did say that earlier. I really do think uh, Vince is looking for that that new, that second version, get uh, recycle that, that Sid Vicious thing. He's looking for a big guy that's, you know, just huge and strong and looks good and, and plays the psycho to use that as a good character. And there's only one Sid Vicious, and they've had a hard time finding a new one because they've tried it before. I just don't know if Lars is going to be that guy. Yeah, I'm just I'm not completely sold on him. I need to see more than just a flying headbutt. Yeah, and uh, you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes with him. And I need I need to see some knee pads on him too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Alexa Bliss over. Uh, uh, I think I wrote that down wrong. But anyway, Becky Lynch comes out to address the crowd after her WrestleMania victory, uh, which was interrupted by Lacey Evans. They have a little brawl, and we finally get to see Lacey in action. And uh, that's good because, like I said, one, we get to see Lacey in action finally, and two, it takes a little of the attention away from the alleged botch thing at WrestleMania and kind of focuses on these two ladies now. Well, Lacey Evans, her, you know, we got to see her kind of debut at the Royal Rumble, and she put on quite a performance there. I'll tell you, uh, if you want to get noticed right away, sticking her in there immediately with Becky, that gives her a good uh, a good push, push right away. But, like, uh, the match before, Bliss and Bailey is who it was. Yeah, that's and, who it was. And uh, that was kind of a short – that was kind of a short throwaway match. I mean, you know, what in the world are you doing to Bailey? Uh, to me, that that's just, uh, I don't know if that's a good sign, man. Yeah, but Bliss, she's been on the sidelines for a while, and they're trying to get her right back in there where she left off. And unfortunately, they used Bailey to do it. Uh, but, but yeah, I think Lacey Evans, I think there's a lot of potential. Uh, in real life, she was a Marine. I mean, she she's like a drill sergeant. She's very athletic, and there's a ton of things they could do with her. They went with this Southern Bell type gimmick 
which I think would be great if she came to the ring with like deodorant and soap and was like handing it out to the crowd because they're nasty and stuff like that. <clears throat> I doubt they do that, but anyway, there's a lot of stuff they could do with her. Yeah, I think it's wide open. A lot of a lot of opportunity there. Alistair Black and Ricochet over Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Uh, we've seen a odd vignette of a uh, some sort of puppet coming out of a box. We saw that uh, on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, it is a uh, second generational <laughs> superstar, and I'm not talking about Bray Wyatt. It's actually the the uh, spawn of the gobbledygooker. That's coming back. No, it's uh, it's they're doing something with Bray Wyatt here. Uh, I'm not sure where it's headed. It looks kind of silly and goofy right now. If that's the way they're going with it, they're doing a good job with it because it's exactly what it is, silly and goofy right now. Yeah, that to me, that was goofy. I mean, what in the world are they doing? Grasping for straws. I don't know. Dean Ambrose and Bobby Lashley were supposed to have a match. That didn't happen. Bobby came out dominated Dean, left him there hurt. Uh, we saw uh, Dean's real-life wife, Renee Young, come out to check on him. Is that the last time we see Dean, Dean Ambrose? I, I'm still not completely uh, sold on that that is the actual uh, – yeah, you know, that that's the actual plan. I still think this is a work. Yeah, I think he's going to take some time off, and I think he'll be back. And the easy way to get around that, he comes back as John Moxley and says, you know, Dean Ambrose is gone. Moxley's back or something like that. Uh, I don't – there's a uh, there's a group at Slice Wrestling on Twitter who claims that AEW offered Dean Ambrose $6 million a year and that he's going to think about it. They have nothing to really back up this claim. They didn't reveal any sources. And uh, I don't see that happening. That's a lot of money. And nothing against Dean Ambrose, talented guy. But I don't think he's a $6 million a year person for a company to hire. Oh, he's definitely not the $6 million man. And if they spend $6 million on Ambrose, uh, they might be sealing their fate early because you can get a lot more talent than Dean Ambrose who throws the worst working punches in the business. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor retains over a returning Sami Zayn, who also did a little heel turn after the match. Then we have an Elias segment. Hello, I am Elias. And he makes the comment about uh, the next man who interrupts me, blah, 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 is going to be a dead man, I'm paraphrasing, something like that. And then the bell tolls, and the Undertaker comes out. I kind of have mixed emotions about this. Uh, I love The Undertaker. I'm glad that we got to see him. I'm glad he's back for his one match at Saudi Arabia for the year. But I think it's a waste. Uh, we mentioned earlier that there's a lot of people that, that love Elias. He can come out there. He does his thing. He bashes the town that he's in, and they still cheer for him now. So I, I'll, in my opinion, how it should have been booked, they should have – they should have got a different heel, somebody that's, you know, everyone hates right now. Baron Corbin, for example. Because now you're going to have a crowd split. They love The Undertaker, but they also like Elias. Well, Undertaker, if he's coming back as the big, you know, one of the biggest baby faces ever, put him in there against somebody uh, 
like Baron Corbin. You know, maybe he maybe he should have been the one that came out to uh, save Kurt from Baron Corbin during their thing, and then you could have saved Lars Sullivan for something else. But I, I don't know if this appearance was a waste. At least it's something to get him back to make an appearance. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I think it was probably just something to make an appearance. Honestly, then we get uh, Kofi and Seth. What we thought was going to be Kofi and Seth. Everybody has a, a thought or an idea that there would be some sort of interference, hoping it was the undisputed era, but it was the Bar instead. And so we get Kofi and Seth versus the Bar. Well, when uh, the Bar came out, the it was almost like the air was completely let out of the building. Everyone building with anticipation. Who's going to make their big debut? And then, you know, nothing against the bar. I like the bar, but I mean, the bar is very disappointing. Yeah. Disappointing for, I mean, the, the raw after WrestleMania, it's supposed to be ground shattering. Yeah. Raw after mania. It's one of the best raws of the year. Ben. I didn't feel it, man. But over to SmackDown, the New Day comes out to celebrate, and they're interrupted again by The Bar. Andrew McIntyre, who's a Raw star. Uh, Aleister Black and Ali over Andrade, Rusev, and Nakamura. After this, Randy Orton, RK's Ali, and then Kevin Owens gives Rusev the stunner. Uh, Both happen for no reason. Uh, Samoa Joe comes out talks about his victory over Mysterio and then challenges anyone on the roster to step up and says he'll knock him out faster than his match at WrestleMania was. And then out comes Baron Corbin. So uh, hmm. we see Baron here. We see uh, Drew here. And then, uh, you know, Kevin Owens and, and a couple other guys. So it looks like we're already seeing uh, some of the stuff they're planning maybe for the Superstar Shake-Up. The Iconics over the Brooklyn Bells. Uh, Shane O'Mac comes out, gloats about his victory over the Miz at WrestleMania. Hardy Boys over the Usos to become the eight-time WWE Tag Team Champions. Hardy Boys are definitely Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, both have held singles titles and then, of course, eight-time WWE ta- Tag Team titles. Yeah, hey, that's awesome to see them. Uh, win the uh, tag team champions again, be, become the tag team champions again. To me, they are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And uh, I mean, the legacy that they have, and it's great to see Jeff Hardy, you know, he's had some personal issues over the years, but great to see them currently, you know, at the top of their game. And Matt Hardy's looking in shape, man. Yeah, Version two, Matt Hardy version 2.0. Yeah, version, maybe this, version I think three. This is ver- yeah, this is version three now. Yeah, he's looking. You're right, though. He's looking good. Looks in shape. Both guys got their stuff together, and uh, I like them both as a tag team. You know, I, I know they're talented singles wrestlers, but I wish they would stay a tag team. Uh, Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch have another little run in, and then uh, show wins with New Day, Kofi, Biggie, and Woods, uh, all over the bar. Andrew McIntyre. So. Uh, uh, Something happened in a dark match. Um, looks like EC3 is getting a new manager, Drake Maverick. Hey, I like that. I, and you got to do something with EC3, man. I was like, at WrestleMania, I felt bad for him in the Battle Royal. I mean, he was one of the first guys eliminated, just kind of thrown off and no one even notices. 
He's, I mean, he's in shape. He's ready to go. I think that's great to have a manager. That's one thing that nowadays we just don't see enough managers like that. I mean, I used to love it when you had, you know, Sensational Sherry or or Bobby the Brain Heenan or even yeah. Colonel Robert Parker or some of those guys. I love managers. Uh, yeah, I love them having managers, but no one is better than the greatest of all time. That is Stephen E. Stephen E. A lot of people may not know him that listen to us, but you're going to know him before this show ends. Uh, yeah, Alexander Edwards uh, over at, there's a, re- a group on Facebook called Wrestling Matters to Us, and he wanted to know what we thought about uh, Drake managing EC, EC3. I think it's awesome. I think it's a good deal. I just hope they do it right, and uh, I think it would go great. Uh, you know, yeah, Superstar Shakeup. I think we saw some stuff happening uh, throughout Raw and SmackDown both. There's a few things I would like to see change with that. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I don't want to see tag teams broke up. I don't want to see, uh, say they split the revival up. You got one guy on SmackDown, one guy on. They're, they're a tag team. You should leave tag teams alone. They should be like considered one unit. And uh, I don't like when they move the champions around. I think if you're a champion on Raw, then you're exempt. Then you get to stay, and then somebody else fresh is going to come over from SmackDown and possibly challenge you. But I don't like the, uh, first of all, if you have a champion, why would you trade them anyway? But that's besides the point. But, yeah, I know a lot of people disagree with that. They think everybody should be traded. That's just my opinion. Leave the teams alone and leave the champs alone and then trade everybody else if you want. Uh, again, lots, just tons of wrestling over the weekend. Uh, I didn't really get to watch anything but WWE. I do know that Matt Taven became the new ROH champ. And I also know that Enzo and Big Cass, quote, invaded a match, unquote, uh, so it looks like they may be going to ROH. And you can't teach that. Uh, I don't know about those guys, but uh, Impact, it looks like Eli Drake has been fired. Pretty good talent. Uh, if the WWE don't get him, then either uh, you know AEW or somebody needs to get him because he's, he's a talented guy. AEW word is October will be the month they start their weekly television show on Tuesday nights. And uh, JR and Conrad, of course, I'm bringing up JR under AEW because he's their now uh, announcer. JR and Conrad's new podcast will start as early as next week, the week after, if not next. It's going to be called Grilling JR with uh, Conrad Thompson and Jim Ross. Well, hey, J- good old Jr. is back in the game. He's back. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, he wasn't done, man. He won. He still feels like he's got another run in him, and uh, good for Jr. Still got some gas in the tank. He's going to try and and keep on trucking. It's survey time. Uh, surveys and polls. I asked how many times Hulk Hogan would say brother during his Hulk, uh, Hall of Fame presentation speech for Brutus, the Barber Beefcake. Twitter said 80% said he would say it over 10 times. 20% said under 10 times. Facebook said he would say it over 10 times, 92%. And then uh, 88%, I'm sorry, 8% said he would say it under 10 times. Again, I, I don't know. How many times he actually said it? He did say it, and I think uh, if you combine him and Brutus together, it was definitely over ten times. Brother, well, but I gotta admit, it wasn't near as much as I thought it was gonna be. 
he was a he was under control on his uh, brother. Yeah, uh, I, I expected it like every other line to be good. You know, my brother Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I'm so glad my brother made it. I mean, I expected it every single line, but uh, he put put brother uh, on a leash for a while. Yeah, I missed that one. Oh. Uh, Women's WrestleMania Royal Rumble or Battle Royal. Uh, Xbox thinks it should be named after China. So I asked everybody on Twitter. Uh, 97% said yes. 3% said no. Uh, Travis Brown, like I said earlier, one of the first dudes up in the ring to, to try and help Bret Hart. I asked if everybody was cool with Travis Brown in the WWE, which is a possibility. 59% said yes, 17% said they don't care, and 24% said no. <clears throat> NXT TakeOver, Twitter, Twitter, 90% said it was good, 2% fair, 4% average, 4% poor. I don't know who put poor on this, but they must have been watching something else. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with 90%. It was, it was good. It was great, I thought. I, I agree. It was a fantastic show. WrestleMania on Twitter, 79% said it was good. 12% said fair. 6% average. 3% poor. Facebook, 82% gave it a thumbs up and 18% a thumbs down. Well, I, I think even though it was super long, I still gave it a thumbs up. I mean, I thought it was still overall a good show. It was just, it was too daggum long. Yeah, that's that's really my only gripe. It, it was too much. It was way too long. Raw uh, on Twitter, 17% said good. 16% fair. 32% average. 35% poor. <coughs> on Facebook, 75% thumbs up, 25% thumbs down. And on SmackDown, Twitter gave uh, 38% good. 21% fair, 13% average, and 28% poor. So that one was uh, pretty even across the board. However, on Facebook, 69% gave it a thumbs up, and 31% gave it a thumbs down. Well, now... Yeah, I, I was... I mean, the, the show's SmackDown and Raw, <coughs> considering it was the show after WrestleMania, I did expect a lot more than we got. Yeah. But... Let's talk about some MSW. We're going to be on the road this weekend. We're traveling a couple hours up to watch Mid-States Wrestling. That's going to have WWE Hall of Famer Cowboy Bob Orton on there, who's a multiple-time champion, uh, WWE Hall of Famer, father of Randy Orton, superstar Bill Dundee. Of course, he's famous, you know, USW, USWA Days and uh, several other promotions, WWE, Jack. Tim Storm, former NWA champ, Matt Riviera, Michael Berry, Gary Graham, Golden Boy Greg, Anthony, and Stephen E., who you alluded to earlier, James Bennett, Boyd Bradford, KC Gold, Jeffro Wilson, Miles Plonk, Miranda Gordy. I think I told you the story that my dad got almost got into a fight with the Freebirds. It's still real to me, damn it! Years ago. <laughs> this is my opportunity for this generation to extend the peace offering to that generation and uh, making we, maybe we can make peace. But Miranda, her father, Bam Bam Gordy, obviously of the Freebirds, the best three-man faction in the history of professional wrestling. Also part of one of the greatest tag teams ever with Dr. Death, Steve Williams, the Miracle and Violence Connection. Who should get an A-plus just for that name? Well, I am pumped for this show. Of course, 
we're going up, you know, with uh, the slop drop. And of course, the Twin Lakes Sports Network, we're looking at doing uh, interviews. I think you're going to be doing some interviews with some wrestlers this week, too. And uh, I mean, it is just a completely loaded show. You know, you talked about like Tim Storm. We had him on the uh, TLSN a while back. I mean, a former NWA heavyweight champion carrying the same belt that Flair and, and all those Harley guys, Race. You know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and all those Harley Race carrying on that tradition. Cowboy Bob Orton, who's still sporting the cast 35 years since WrestleMania, uh, still has the cast on, but uh, actually I don't think he does. Yo, but, yo, his st- the uh, stuff he yeah. did with Orndorff and Rowdy Piper and, you know, just legendary stuff. And then you got a Hall of Fame referee. You got James Beard that's going to be there. And, uh, you know, then you got superstar Bill Dundee. I mean, we are so pumped up for this show. And uh, these tickets have gone fast. I think they still got a few tickets left. I think they only have the uh, $15 ones, is what's left. Check it out MSWTickets.com. Uh, I know uh, Mid States has been sharing a ton of stuff this week, they got a bunch of interviews. Uh, former world heavyweight champion Tim Storm, uh, he's telling what he really thinks about the lover boy Matt Riviera. But this Saturday at the Relic Center, that place is going to be rocking and rolling. And uh, to me, this is what professional wrestling is all about, what MSW does. Hey, Matt Riviera off a of fresh uh, hot red hot feud with Jerry Lawler. So he may be coming into this match against uh, Tim Storm, and he may not be prepared. So if you're listening, Matt, you you better be ready for the storm. Well, I'm sure the lover boy is going to – he's going to have Boyd Bradford by his side, I'm sure. But, uh, I mean, just a completely loaded card, seven big matches, and then they're doing a rising star battle royal. I mean, this is just going to be an absolutely epic day. I've attended their shows. It's like good old-fashioned. This isn't uh, sports entertainment. This is professional wrestling, and Mid-States puts on a great show. They tell stories in the ring. It's a family-friendly event. you got to come out and check we it out. You can't leave off our good friend and the Southern Heavyweight Champion, the Space Cowboy, Jason Jones, also there. Well, I think he's going to be bringing the uh, bionic elbow with not- him. Uh, of course, space, not, not the Dusty Rhodes Bionic Elbow, but Space Cowboy's got to Not go. only that, he's going to be presenting uh, Cowboy Bob Orton with a Lifetime Achievement Award. So that's really that's something really cool to look forward to. But this show, I mean, Mid-States does so much. Uh, you know, they, they have so many young guys on there that, that are the future of professional wrestling. I mean, there there's legends – but then there's also some of the best independent talent in the entire country that's going to be out there. Uh, you know, I'm just pumped up. We've gotten a chance to interview a lot of these guys and, you know, over the last uh, year, uh, you got to come out because it's so cool because they'll do an intermission. You can go and meet all the wrestlers, get pictures with the wrestlers, get autographs, meet a WWE hall of famer. I mean, you go to a WWE show, you can't get within 35 feet of the wrestlers. Here, you're hanging out with him. You might be, you know, high-fiving the uh, Mid-States heavyweight champion, Gary Graham, or, or see a superstar Bill Dundee. I mean, it's just it's just incredible. And it's only for 15 bucks. You can't even go to a movie for 15 bucks. It's a different atmosphere. You're going to be – it's a more intimate, closer crowd. Like he said, you're going to be able to actually talk to people, shake their hands. Uh, crowd can get rowdy, get loud 
cheer these guys on, boo them, do what you want, but you got to come and watch them if you're going to do that. Yeah, this is your chance to support uh, local independent wrestling. And uh, I know tickets have been going fast. And the last few shows, they've had some big-time sellouts. Uh, Independent wrestling is hot right now. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, you never know who might show up. You might have someone from uh, NXT watching the show Scouting Talent. ROH. You never know. I mean, these are the best of the best. And you get a chance to see them in our very own backyard, Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to it again. You're going to get to see current Hall of Famers and who knows, maybe future Hall of Famers with this young guns about to roll. Well, I mean, and they got a great card already built up. And also, they got some killer snacks there. They got Big J's Barbecue Nachos, the Nature Boy Nachos, Bottled Soda, the Putski Polis Sausage, <laughs> the Hillbilly Hot Dog, the Pie... The pile driver pickle. I mean, all this food that they have there at a reasonable price. I mean, it's a great time to uh, take the family out for, uh, you know, go see what pro wrestling was like when you used to watch it as a kid. This is your chance. Uh, check it out. Yeah, I know I know some of our listeners live all over, but if you're close, it's going to be in Springfield, Missouri. It's a couple hours north from where we're at now. We're going to make the drive. It's worth, you know, if, if you're within a couple hours, it's worth it, man. Go make the drive. Have fun. The good. The bad. The ugly. Um, good and bad and ugly of the week. I think my good is probably the NXT takeover. My bad would be WrestleMania going way too long. And then ugly is the knucklehead that attacks Bret Hart during the speech. I think my uh, good would be the entire NXT event. To me, the best show out there today is NXT. You got to check out their show those takeover events, I mean, that was epic. It felt like I was back in 1997 watching WCW Monday Nitro at their prime where you had a red-hot crowd who appreciates good wrestling. To me, you got to check out NXT. Uh, the uh, My bad uh, would probably be, yeah, I, I have to – I'm going to agree with you. WrestleMania, just when you're just talking about it, it wears me out, man. That show is too long, uh, just way too long. Uh, the ugly, yeah, the moron. Come on, guy. I mean, why? What would even cause you to even do that? To me, honestly, I would have wished that he would have got the crap kicked out of him worse than he did. Uh, to me, to attack someone like that, uh, what a what a moron. yeah, what an idiot. I mean, I don't know what he expected to accomplish or or prove by doing that. A sixty-one year old cancer survivor, stroke survivor. Uh, I went to this cat's Twitter page and he's got a few screws loose missing he obviously needs some help but anyway uh msw this weekend again if you're around come check it out it's going to be an awesome event come check it out not only the people that we named will be there you never know what surprise might show up 
Well, the Space Cowboy puts on an epic show, and uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, you got to be there. You, you've seen the rest this last week. Now it's time to see the best. Check out Mid-States Wrestling, MSW. I want to start chanting MSW right now. I am pumped up and ready to go. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye and good night.